Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! On today's episode of Parenting That Kid, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tammy Brockman. Tammy is a dietitian who helps busy mamas with children diagnosed with ADHD approach each day with hope, anticipation, and gratitude for the opportunity to live a life full of all the blessings ADHD has to bring. She uses nutrition, wellness, and a mindset approach to help them clarify their direction and plan, build confidence in their ability to handle challenges, and embrace the uniqueness that is their life with ADHD. Before starting her entrepreneurial journey, Tammy worked as a hospital and long-term care dietitian for 20 years. Her son was diagnosed with both autism and ADHD in 2011. She was called to leave full-time work outside the home to be fully present and ensure her son's journey was a successful one. I loved how real Tammy was in this episode because she shared a lot of Me Too moments. You know, those moments where you see a kid struggling and you look at the mom and go, yep, I've been there. You might not say those words, but your eye contact means it. Tammy understands those moments. Tammy's understanding of how diet and food play a large part in how we grow and how we respond and react to the world around us makes her a vital asset to a holistic care for each individual child. I'm thrilled to say welcome, Tammy, to Parenting That Kid. So thank you, Tammy. My first question, and I love to ask this question to parents, um, is kind of one that helps parents connect with you, one that makes you say, me too. So in your own words, could you share a moment when maybe your child's actions, behaviors, reactions were very clear and difficult and you felt stressed, exhausted, maybe even just pushed to the edge? Yes, this is, (laughs) this was actually hard to pick. I thought, okay, well, I have to pick this one. Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) So the, you know, this was kind of a a turning point for us, this, this particular uh, event that happened. And, um, you know, when my, my son was first going into school, we had him going into, we're we're from a small town and um, there's a a little, a, a private Catholic school in our town. And we had him going to preschool there. And we kind of started to notice that some of the social behaviors were not quite um, lining up, I guess, <laughs> with where they should be, or where, you know, where you expect to see uh, kids, but every every child's different. So we, we kept going with it. Um, and when he was in kindergarten, and every Wednesday at, at school, they would have a a mass for the kids and the kids would kind of do the mass with the mm-hmm. priest and um, parents were always invited and welcome to come. So I would go on those mornings uh, with him. And this particular morning, he was having a really rough time and he just, he wasn't able to sit still. So he had to come back and sit with me, you know, I had to pull him from where he was sitting with his classmates and he still was just, talking at a normal, you know, just like you're in church. So we need to be quiet because somebody else is talking. It's their (laughs) turn, not ours. And so 
he wasn't able to connect that, um, you know, it's kind of all of these hindsight is like, wow, that's a big fat clue right there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why didn't I see that? But um, just really, and then the, the longer we sat there and the more I kept trying to correct his behavior, thinking I was doing the right thing, the more, um, the more, I guess, misbehavior that would come out. And he actually um, took one of the hymnals and opened it up and as loud as can be, ripped a Mm. bunch of pages out of it. And we had the nuns and the priests and all these other parents, just like everybody turned and looked. And I was just I'm sure I turned every shade of crimson red in the book, you know, and so I picked him up and hauled him downstairs of the church and just, I didn't even know what to do. I just kind of sat there and we just, he and I just sat there staring at each other, just like, what just happened? What, what do we do? You know, and um, I was crying and he, that made him start to cry <laughs> and it was just a, Oh, you know, it was, that was kind of the the turning point moment for us that I just decided that we have to do something different. You said, you mentioned something that's really important to hear that you didn't know what to do. And so you guys just sat there and then you felt it heavy too. You started crying. He was crying. You both were in that moment together. And I think as parents with children who are struggling in some area, we don't know the answer. That's what Parenting is no. always trying to find the answer. And just sometimes <laughs> being there in the moment and feeling how awful that is can um, actually be therapeutic and help you, as you said, this is a turning point, help you see yeah. something has to change. This is where we need things to shift. And I think not knowing what to do is a, a valuable thing to own because we don't know. But but you knew that something right. changed. Oh, right. To- I totally, <laughs> totally agree with that. In hindsight, I can I can say yes, you're exactly right on that. <laughs> when I was in the moment, oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I, I just didn't have the the skills and the knowledge and all that that I I have the blessing of having yeah. now. Um, you know, being eight, in the moment feels later. Awful. Being in the moment, you just does. Like you're in the trenches. It and, does, and you're you're never coming out. You might as well just make a bed yep. there and hang out. yes exactly okay thanks for that story I just love that it's something we can all connect to I mean I know you didn't love it in the moment but we all can go oh yeah mm -hmm, I've seen that I've been there I've had to carry my kid out kicking and screaming and I too didn't know what to do so let's take it back a little bit and can you just share who you are what you do I know I introduce you but I love um, hearing actual words from the guests because I think it really shares the richness of the content you can offer people yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, first and foremost, I'm a mom, and I'm a mom of a child with with disabilities. Um, but I am also a dietitian. Turns out, I, I actually I have I have another life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a dietitian, and I've spent most of my career as a hospital and long term care dietitian. I also was a food service manager for a while, um, and then. Um, moved into um, being a private practice dietitian uh, after, you know, pretty much after we just decided that um, we had the diagnosis for my son and um, who has autism, ADHD, anxiety. He's 14 now. um, But when he was, he was diagnosed when he was six, uh, but shortly after the kindergarten episode. (laughs) Um, And, um, when he was nine, we just, the behaviors had continued and things had just, 
they just weren't going down the right path. And um, my husband and I decided that we needed to really make a, a change in our family uh, for, for his sake, for our marriage sake, for our other kids sake um, as well. So I, I came out of the, the working world outside of the home and, um, and became a, a stay at home mom for lack of a better term, but I, I um, turned my skills into private practice. And so now I work as basically online as a, a nutrition and health coach, helping people with a lot of different things. But my primary focus that I um, am, am working into now is working with people that have ADHD and helping them uh, work through what it's like to have ADHD and know that, okay, I, I know that I need to be doing all these things, but when you have ADHD, getting yourself to actually do it and be consistent with it and all that brings its own uh, basket of challenges. Mm -hmm. So that's really where my focus is right, is right now. So are you focusing on diet with ADHD? Has there been, well, I'm not asking this. I feel like I've read there's been research behind nutrition and ADHD and nutrition and numerous things, right? We, right. Our body right. relies on yeah. food. Yes, exactly. Food, food is definitely is, you know, can be nourishment or it can be harmful yeah. for us if, you know, if we don't do it right. Right. Um, and specifically with ADHD um, and just mental health in general, uh -huh. um, helping get the gut balanced and bringing in the right nutrients to uh, to balance the hormones and the brain chemicals and, mm. and all of that so that you can regain some of that focus. And um, I won't say that for everybody, but for a lot of people, just getting your health back in balance mm. brings you around the corner enough that you can use skills to manage the rest of it mm. um, on your own as well. And so medication isn't always needed. It is definitely needed in a lot of, lot of situations too. And um, I'm certainly not a, you know, not, I'm not an anti-medication <laughs> kind of a person, but, um, but I try to help people understand that you can medicate all you want, but if you, your body isn't in a healthy state, that medication is not going to, uh, not going to be able to do its job well anyway. Right. So, so like if the gut, as you mentioned, is not um, healed, and I don't want to say that it's broken, but just not in a beautiful yep. state, then it's not yep. going to probably absorb the medication as appropriately as it could or to the max benefits. Exactly. And so this holistic approach to caring for it. That's exactly. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. So you mentioned your son at six. That was kind of like your turning yep. point. At what age did you yeah. kind of realize things were, <laughs> quote unquote, not so normal? And I say that just very um, on the surface of things because I don't think anything is normal in this world. But right. there's, there's right. something that looks a little bit different than everybody else. <laughs> right. So I have, I have three older children ah. um, who are, are, you know, for all, you know, purposes here were neurotypical children. Right. Um, and so I kind of almost knew from birth, I want to say, you know, and I can say that now hindsight, mm -hmm. you know, we knew something was, was a little bit different, but we didn't, we weren't thinking, oh, well we have, you know, he's, he definitely has ADHD or right. he's going to be autistic or anything like that. It's just like, you just kind of question what is going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he cried a lot. So we're thinking, okay, well, he's colicky you know, those kinds of things. Um, but then as he went through the toddler years, it wasn't the typical toddler tantrums. It wasn't the typical, 
um, you couldn't use the typical, um, you know, disciplinary actions, mm -hmm. the, you know, the rewards and the, the consequences kinds of things like you can with most neurotypical toddlers. So, you know, you just kind of questions. And, and um, my son was actually born early. He was born six and a half weeks early. And we had the benefit of uh, being a part of a program through Children's Hospital here in our town, um, where, or close to our town where he was born, um, where he went through a, a, a NICU program of care after he left the, the, the NICU. So we would go back every so many months and see doctors and therapists and specialists who would do all this testing on him. It wasn't any kind of therapy working with him, but it was just a lot of, let's see where he's at. It was almost more of a, a study type of a thing where they were just gathering data. Mm -hmm. But as a part of that, what we had learned was that kids who are born early and especially as early as my son was, that they have more tendencies towards things like autism and ADHD. So the seeds had been planted mm -hmm. in our heads. So that was always kind of back there thinking, okay, I wonder if th that's not what this is. Hmm. Um, and it was really not until he went into school that uh, the social skills piece of, you know, with the autism and the ADHD that uh, his, his teacher called us in and said, I think that you need to have Max tested. And she, she actually wanted to have, you know, had suggested that um, he was oppositional defiant, which is not what he, what right. he was, but I, I can totally see where that, right. where that was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it was, I would say when he was six, that's when we really knew, okay, socially, this isn't, this isn't right. And we need to help him differently. Can you give some examples? Because it's ironic that you said oppositional defiant, because I get a lot of people that say my kid is probably oppositional defiant. And there are, I think it's a quick one to go to because yes. a lot of these neuro, um, just, they just show themselves differently, and yeah. but a lot of them show intense emotions behind it, and then opposition oh. is what people automatically gravitate to. So do you mind just giving me some more examples oh. that kind of go, oh, it looks like it on the surface, but in reality, it, it's all these other things that we know he is working with right now. Right, right. So running away from teachers mm -hmm. and, um, and hitting um, and he actually barricaded himself. He tipped a table over in his classroom and barricaded himself and was throwing things oh. from the shelf. Oh. But so, yeah, I can see how things like yeah. that can be considered. Okay. It's, it's like a, you know, okay, that's being, that's op oppositional because right. you think that he's totally in control of those actions, but what he's actually doing is he's, he's in the fight or flight. Right. Because he's so overstimulated and he doesn't know how to process it. Right. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love how you said that he's overstimulated and he doesn't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to see in the moment. But as you step it back, is. you can see that. So then what tools have you found have worked for your little guy? I know that he's not little anymore, I should say. He's working, <laughs> yeah. But you've yeah. probably had years of different kind of tools, oh, yeah. maybe books, um, therapies, toys. I know there are therapeutic toys, which children just think are toys, but there's an intent behind those. Do you have any right. tips for parents? Right. To so, yeah. So, you know, the, the fidget things have worked well um, 
probably more so the, these last couple of years, I, I would say. And for, for my son, it's a fidget toy could be something as simple as a stress ball. In fact, that's mm-hmm. what he's using this year. He, he just entered high school, which is a big milestone for mm-hmm. us and a little scary, but, um, but he's, he's doing great. But he has just this little stress ball that's shaped like a pencil. That he holds on to, he keeps it in his. He always wears a sweatshirt because he, he, he wears his hood up, uh, which is another. It's not necessarily a, a tool or a resource or something, right. but that's just something that uh, that we learned that if he has his hood up, it helps to block out a lot of like the extra extra noise and He's light. Smart. He's self regulating. And yes, he is. He is. Wow. So he wears his sweatshirt, has his hood up, and then he's got his little stress thing in his pocket okay. and he just kind of hangs on to that. And, um, and that helps to uh, keep part of his brain occupied <laughs> yeah. um, so that he, the, the other part can be thinking and focusing on what the teacher is saying and, and what he's doing. And then it's not, he's not um, having to, you know, act out or, you know, do other things that mm-hmm. that's, that fidget tool helps with that. So, and we've uh, used timers. The visual timer, I would say, is probably the first and best thing that we brought into our home. It's just this little, I think it's probably eight or 10 inch square timer that stands up and it has, you move it around. It's a 60 minute timer. You move it around the, the um, and as you move it around, it turns red. Mm-hmm. And then as the time goes that he could see the red getting smaller mm-hmm. and that visual of, okay, I only have this pie chunk, you know, left yeah. to do what I need to do, or it's taken me, you know, that much time to do one problem or something um, just kind of helps him to, to learn to self-regulate and learn from a visual aspect because with ADHD, especially uh, visual is super important. So he's learned uh, from his visual timer how long it takes him to do things. Wow. I love um, that tip. We have a clock. That yeah. Works. And I just say when this big hand gets to this hand, but yep. um, I, I'm going to be looking into that. That's mm-hmm. so smart. So, okay. So you obviously focused a lot on your son and helping support him and providing resources and tools. How about for yourself, a mama raising a child like this? Do you have yeah. tips and resources and things that you've helped um, that you find have helped you on your parenting journey with him? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I know Facebook can be the downfall of America in <laughs> some people's eyes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but Facebook groups, I found several Facebook groups that, and I had to try out a lot. And in fact, I probably need to leave some of them because they're not all um, geared with the, you know, the most helpful intentions. Some of them are just, you know, you know, just places for people to just kind of dump and, and, you know, nothing really gets, it's not productive (laughs) always, Mm -hmm. but there, there are some, some Facebook groups that I found that, um, have been helpful and, um, you know, to just to learn and then Pacer, um, we have a, a local chapter of pacer.org in, um, you know, it's, well, it's probably 45 minutes away from, from our house, but they have a lot of online resources and mm-hmm. I've gone to different webinars and trainings to learn from that. Um, my own doctor actually didn't. And honestly, you know, she, she was very upfront. She's like, I have 
no idea how to, we, we were seeing a family practice physician. So all of us were, were seeing the same person and, and she just was very honest and said, I don't know enough about this to oh. be able to help you. And so she referred out and got us um, going on a good path of learning, um, you know, and then just family. My, I would have to say my family has been really great. They've okay. been very open-minded um, to this whole idea and they've been very supportive. And, you know, at first they, they went through the same things we were going through before we really had this diagnosis. And, you know, you get a lot of the, oh, he just needs to be spanked or, yeah. you know, something like that. And you just think, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. A um, lot of people do get that response from loved ones or friends. And it's kind of challenging to find um, a balance so that they understand. They don't have to know all of it about your child, but understand that th right. this isn't, this I like said, oppositional defiant. This kid isn't just trying to go against everything we're saying. Right. And so therefore, right. we need to support this child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're here to teach. We're not, not here to, to just hit. Right. Right. Um, you know, so. Um, okay. You've mentioned twice now, like your family and your marriage. And I think that's so um, hard <laughs> when you're raising a child <laughs> like this, because it does affect more than just you and the child. It is an entire family unit and your marriage in general. Um, do you feel that your other children see how this um, affects you guys and then works within you guys, within your family so that you guys do have this flow? Or do you find that it's harder for your other children and your marriage life because it is so much focused on your, your son? I, can I say both? Yeah. <laughs> I think, okay, yes. I definitely think both has okay. happened. I think, and I was just reading an article this morning about um, marriage going through um, different seasons. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think that that's kind of, that's a good way to look at how, how we've kind of gone through this over the years. Now that, you know, now that we have eight or nine years of this under our belt, you know, at first it was, it was a lot of stress yeah. and the kids saw that and it was stress on them. It's, you know, just being a sibling of someone who has these challenges is a challenge in itself. <laughs> Um, because the whole parenting dynamic changes and mm -hmm. things don't seem fair and why are you giving him all of the attention and I don't get enough attention and trying to balance all of that out mm -hmm. um, and then in the marriage it's you know your attention is all on the, the child right. and you know it's it's hard to remember oh wait a minute we have to pay attention to each other too so um, I would say that we're just now getting to a place where we're better able to pay more attention to our marriage. Um, and that's been a really great thing. Mm. Um, but, you know, we went through, we went through seasons and we, and we got through it. Um, I won't say it was always beautiful or quiet, <laughs> but, but we got through it. Definitely. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so you're guys, you figured out things or started to discover things quite early in life, which is beautiful because that gives him so much support throughout his schooling years. Do you have any advice or maybe tips for parents who are struggling at school or just learning that their child is um, struggling and they're having to go through the diagnosis process and how to get resources and the tools um, and the school on board to support their little one? Yes, definitely. So I would, I, 
I still strongly recommend looking up pacer.org um, and um, looking at all of their resources. They have amazing resources on the IEP uh, or 504 plan, whichever it is that your child might use um, through school. But the, uh, my son's IEP has been uh, my um, kind of my you know, I've just kept it in my back pocket and I advocate, advocate, advocate for him. And if the IEP doesn't reflect something that I think that he needs, I am in the school mm. <laughs> and I am asking for another meeting and I am emailing teachers and I'm emailing principals and I'm CCing principals on emails to teachers. <laughs> and um, I am not afraid to to, to just really speak up and advocate for my son for what he needs. Um, I have to say that our school has been great. I know that's not always the case for every school. Every, not every parent has that. And, and um, I would just say, you know, with another thing that PACER will offer is they have parent advocates that are people like myself, which uh, as soon as my son is out of school and I have more time to do this, <laughs> I, I plan to sign up to, to be an, a parent advocate for PACER. Um, but there's parents who have gone through this, have the experience, and they will actually come to your IEP meetings and sit in with oh. you and help you advocate and teach you how to do that for yourself. Nice. So um, that that's it's been an amazing amazing resource. That's um, lovely. There. What a great system that somebody Yeah. Has. Yeah. But learn, I guess my biggest thing is learn everything you can learn about the IEP and what the laws and, and, um, and rules are in your state um, and at your school mm -hmm. and what, you know, what you can, what you have access to and then advocate for it. Nice. So now that you are so many years advanced in this and you're a pro at raising a little <laughs> one like this, <laughs> what do you wish you had known about this diagnosis or raising a child like this prior to parenting? Or maybe oh. when, when it was all just starting to feel like it was falling apart. And I, I know those are words I'm putting in yeah. your mouth. Only no, no. I feel that way at times. Oh, it's all falling apart. <laughs> yes. So what, yes. Did you, what could you tell your past self <laughs> or a mom who's going, oh, yeah, I think that I would tell my past self to focus a little bit more on the self-care. Mm. Uh, you know, advocate for yourself too, because you as someone who feels more abundant and when you are able to come from a place of, of abundance because you've taken care of yourself, and even if that's just going in your closet and sitting for, for five minutes, mm -hmm. um, to 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 scream and then recoup <laughs> or right. you know whatever you need to do to to take care of yourself um you're better able to come into the the parenting relationship um with uh, you know cool calm collected and see things more for for what they might be than just the surface mm -hmm. behaviors kind of you know going back to that oh they're oppositional defiant what you might get from a teacher or a principal who isn't experienced and isn't seeing the the whole 
everything about the child. They're, they're not knowing that while well, your child didn't sleep well last night and maybe right. they didn't want to eat the breakfast that you, you made for them. So they only had a couple bites. So they're probably also hungry and they're tired and, mm-hmm. and you know, they're being asked to sit still and sitting still isn't their thing. <laughs> right. Um, so if you can come at it from a, a place of, of, you know, feeling like you're being taken care of, I guess. I love that. That's one of the, one of the biggest things that I would say. I love that tip because it focuses on you as the parent and we spend so much energy, effort, and time focusing on our child and kind of put ourselves in the back burner. So I always ask for three tips and that's kind of a one you just gave. (laughs) It's a pretty powerful (laughs) one (laughs) and I love it because it, it, uh, it will help so many areas of life, not just when you're raising that child. Um, Do you have a few other tips or advice? tangible for parents? Yeah, I do. So when you get to that place, you know, I talked at the, the very beginning about the whole, we were in church and ripping the hymn, yeah. the pages out of the hymnal yeah. and everything. And I was downstairs crying. Um, you know, when you're in that place where you just don't know what else to do, just try a hug. Mm. <laughs> that mm. actually has, that was, that was a tip that was given to me by a, a behavior therapist that we had coming into our home for a while. Um, you know, she says, if you don't know what else to do, just give them a hug. And, um, and I've used that and it's amazing how powerful that can be with your child. Um, so, and then I, I think just like I, like I kind of already said, but just advocating for your child, whether it's at school or it's with other, you know, other parents in, you know, play dates or play groups or something like that advocating for your child and not being afraid to talk about what their diagnosis is and what works for them and what doesn't work for them so that so that other people know I think that you know the more we talk about all of these things um, the better off everyone will be mm-hmm. everyone can learn from from this because you know there may be another parent in a playgroup that's experiencing the same things that what, you know, they may have a child that that doesn't quite have a diagnosis of of ADHD or autism or something, yet they're experiencing a lot of the symptoms, Mm -hmm. or maybe they just have a couple of the symptoms because maybe they're just not quite as, you know, mature yet or something. And um, some of the things that you talk about and, oh, this works or this helps or, or whatever, they may take that home and, and try it with their child and it may help their child as well. So um, yes, keeping that open communication and yes, and you don't know who that, who could just hold on to that. And that could be their saving grace for that day to kind of open exactly. their doors in their minds. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tammy, so much. I am thrilled to oh. learn more about your um, business when it, as it starts to blossom and how that can support kiddos. I'm a firm believer in that diet really plays a huge role in who we are. And I'm just thrilled and I'm so excited that you have tools that you were um, willing to share with us today on this episode. It's always other mothers talking. Right. Thank you so much, Ashley. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Happy to be able to share. And if it helps even one other parent, then then I I feel like it's been, been well worth it. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to me today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you like. 
Have somebody you'd like me to interview and ask those nitty gritty questions to? I'm ready for it. And hey, while you're at it, share this episode with somebody you think might benefit from hearing about it. And guess what, imperfect parent? Parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking at this parenting journey. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.